When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. 60 years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. 7-Eleven. Hot food, hot and ready near you. Your rugby league coverage on SEN starts now. Welcome to NRL Crunch Time. Uh, it certainly does. Hope you're having a great Saturday. I'll tell you what, for a if you're in Sydney town anyway, a winter Saturday is absolutely 11 out of 10 here in Sydney. It's a cracking day. Shirt and T-shirt, uh, T-shirt and shorts rather. That's all we've got today. Crunch time brought to you by 7-Eleven. You're never far away from 7-Eleven's classic slow-cooked Australian beef pie or traditional veggie pasty. And you can call. You make the show. Remember, one 1170 0457 736 736. Tweet us at 1170 SEN. Uh, those listening, 1620 AM on the Gold Coast and those through the digital radio on SEN Brisbane. Uh, SENQ is the way to do that and through the app. Adrian Prezenko, he's the City Morning Herald Chief League Reporter. Adrian, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon to yourself and to everyone out there. And the missile, uh, James Magnuson, who should have a full account after yesterday. The squirrel tipped <laughs> us into Ferdinand Boy, was it? Fernando yeah. Boy? Yep, yep. Ferdinand Boy at, at uh, Geelong. We had the whole bar there, yeah. riding that one dog. I spoke to him afterwards. He said it's the, the most nervous he's ever been for a dog race because he tipped everyone into it. Yeah, and, and he, there must have been a lot of people listening because he had a look at the book and apparently the book exploded. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. It cost, uh, <laughs> yes, a lot of money. Uh, how <laughs> did you play out, mate? Well. Sporting Globe yesterday. Uh, did you kick on or what happened? Yeah, yeah. I pulled up stumps at about midnight. That's the Sporting Globe? Yeah. Did yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, I took the sports bet boys under my wing and oh. uh, yeah, we hung around till until about uh, about midnight with the squirrel and the so you kicked on with the, the coal, coal miner. miner and the squirrel yeah did you now <laughs> yeah, I did. oh dear oh no uh, geez I bet that account's full today anyway <laughs> a little short ball there Adrian how's your week been mate yeah very good uh, looking forward to all of the representative yeah. football and was uh, listening with interest yesterday we, you, you had your uh, fifty seven point dossier yeah. or was it a manifesto oh, or, or even a, a blueprint yeah. so. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You almost convinced me, but I've still got some concerns about that. Have you? Yeah, I just, I just feel that they're reactive. They've been a step behind all the way. It's like Queensland pick a tall winger, we're going to pick a tall yeah. winger. Yeah, they got two hookers, we're going to have two hookers. The, the rucks too, too fast. We're going to get Jake Travoyevic back, and yeah. the fact that they've got made seven changes is sort of an admission they didn't get it right in the first place. So yeah. You made a very compelling case, Sugar, but, yeah, uh, yeah I'm still not sold. I'm, I'm a little concerned. I'm uh, very, very comfortable Blues win this. Uh, Miss Ol, <laughs> how are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm confident, but I agree 100% with what Adrian said. It does feel a little reactive. Uh, the only thing I keep going back to is when we made a bunch of changes uh, before the last Perth game and then blew Queensland off the park. Uh I'm financially invested in the Blues to win, yes. so I've put my money where my mouth is, yeah. um, and I'm backing them in. I've had a little something. I think New Zealand are going to do a, have a good win, and, and this is no disrespect to Tonga. 
I just think they've got so many players, New Zealand, who are playing at their very best. Jerome Hughes, Joey Manu, Joe Tarpany, uh, Dylan Brown. So many players in that Kiwi team are at their absolute top. Now, Representative Round, Adrian, from your point of view in work, busy around, quiet around that NRL has a bit of a, a week off? For me personally, it's been a bit quieter because I haven't been over in Perth with the yeah. boys. We, we sent a couple of guys over. Um, I'll be covering the, the Tonga game off the box. But, yeah, absolutely looking forward to it. And, and just on your point, what about the, the spine for New Zealand? Yeah. You know, Brown, Smith, Hughes, Joey Manu at fullback. That's outstanding. And then you've got those core forwards, some of them from Melbourne. Um, yeah, unbelievable. And I reckon... The kangaroos should be concerned. I, I, you Absolutely, know, they will be watching this game with some concern. Now, Mal Meninga is actually going to go over to England to do a reconnaissance trip, and I think that shows just you know how concerned he is. Um, you know, and Samoa—they could be anything as well, um, depending. Particularly, like they've named a strong side for the the game today, but if they get some of those Panthers guys like Luai, uh, Crichton, Tolo, um, very strong indeed. T.O. I think needs to be concerned. I think this World Cup is set up to be the best World Cup, most competitive World Cup we've ever had. The team I think has a little bit of a concern would be England. Would you say that, you know, Samoa is going to turn up thinking they can beat England. Tonga most certainly, most certainly New Zealand, of course, Australia. So they've always been that sort of third wheel. It's always been Australia, New Zealand, England. I'm not certain they're the third wheel anymore. Well, they're the only team that Wayne Bennett has coached Internationally, out of the four, he's had a crack with Australia, New Zealand, now with Tonga, that hasn't had success. Yeah. So it, it actually mm. got to the point where they decided not to re-sign him. Um, and if he can't get those guys to to gel, particularly the Super League guys with the Australian ones, that's a concern. Who would be the big names in the English side these days? Like they've lost Sam Burgess, oh. they've lost James Graham. Would Gareth Widdop be in that uh, side? I wouldn't think so. George yeah. Williams probably. Yep. Uh, definitely Bateman. Yep. Uh, the, the guys from Canberra, obviously. Yep. Yeah, um, Elliot Whitehead. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you keep, you keep all those guys. That's yep. for sure. They're not. It's not huge it's names, not, though, is it's it? It's not no. inspiring me the way well, no. I'm inspired when I see the New Zealand team or the the Samoan team or the Tongan team. For so, someone like Luai, if he got named in an extended squad for Australia which he, he probably won't start, right, because Munster's there. Mm. If he was named in an extended squad for Samoa, uh, sorry, for Australia, would he pick Samoa over Australia knowing that he'll be a, a walk-up start for Samoa? Well, this is this is interesting, and I spoke to Mal Meninga about it because he said, I don't want to pick them until they commit to Australia. But the, but the hard part is that Luai's right. probably on the fringe, whereas he, he can say, okay, I'm all in for Australia, yeah. and then he gets overlooked because you've got, you know, Munster and... Daily Cherry Evans and Cleary in the yeah. halves already. So it's sort of like if I'm him, I wouldn't do anything. I'd, I'd wait to get picked first. Yeah. But Mal wants it the other way around. Who else would be? I think Mal's got to read the room there. I, I, I honestly think Mal's got to go, uh, look, Jerome, this is a situation between you and I. Clearly, Munster's my pick. You know, Munster's going to be my 5'8. My halfback's yeah. going to be Daly or it's going to be um, Nathan. You're a chance of being 14 at best. At worst, you miss a 17. So I'm, I'm putting my cards out on the table. This is where, which Jerome could probably almost work out himself. Yeah. yeah. But it's a very, very good question because in the event of Brian Toto, I think Brian Toto would be just about, just about a shorter wing spot, wouldn't he? Yep. 
I would think so. Just about maybe him and Valentine, perhaps, or you'd feel like he's just about a shorter wing spot. So, is he yeah. going to pick Australia? Is that do we know what he's going to do? Who's that? Tile. We, we don't know yet. Yeah. Yeah. The, the other interesting thing is at the moment you can you can change. So you can play for New South Wales, other you know, Katoni Stags, and then play for your Pacific yes. Nation. But if Tonga all of a sudden goes out and wins the World Cup, and at the moment they're a tier two country, I dare say that'll change. Yeah. So you couldn't possibly have them as a two, tier two nation if they hoist the hoist the shield. So if that changes, then you'll have to make a definitive decision whether to represent that nation or or Australia. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, so that's going to be fascinating to see how this plays. Just on the on the chat of selections, if if I'm right and New South Wales win this well. Jack Whiten was just about the best player for New South Wales in State of Origin 1. Freddie's going to have this conundrum. I'm tipping and forecasting this conundrum where I think New South Wales win well. I think Burton has a blinder. And if they all come through healthy, where does Jack Whiten fit into the puzzle? Because your 14 now is very different to your 14 in Origin 1. Yeah, isn't your it? Your 14's Damien Cook. Yeah. So where does Jack Whiten fit into the puzzle after a barnstorming game one? Well, if New South Wales win well, you'd think that Matt Burton has a blinder. Yeah. That's right. So could you carry Matt Burden on the bench? Well, not if you got Cook on the bench. Yeah. And what if Latrell comes back in? Got that, three left centres. That's right. That's, that's, that's exactly right. Well, do, you, so, do you move Jack White? Can Jack White and play on the right, or is he a left side specialist? Like, could you could you move Crichton out? Oh, I, I'm not. I, I still don't think that Widen's a centre. Yeah, no. In he's spite not, of and, yeah. and yeah, this is yeah, considering yeah. that he was probably you know the best for New South Wales along with Tedesco in Game One. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, it's a problem that Brad Fittler would welcome with open arms because yeah, that means yeah. they've won, they've won well, and they're looking yep. real good for State yep. of Origin number three. So yep. some fascinating things out there. Uh, have your say on the text line oh four five seven seven three six seven three six is the way to do that. Women's Origin going from strength to strength. Now I, I need to run this by you boys, and it's a very delicate subject, and you appreciate why. Um, Ladies Who League uh, had tweeted out, and I understand the tweet too, and it's fine. Um, Ladies Who League had tweeted out, just spare me, yeah, okay, here it is here. So I had responded to Ladies Who League, and it was taken well, by the way, but Ladies Who League responded, pay them properly and make it three games, right? This is relating to the women's origin. Pay them properly and make it three games. Now, is my response fair or not? I said the women's game is absolutely flying, we still need to be patient and happy with what's been achieved by the NRL to this point. The pipeline is only huge now in the 16s and below, which means as good as the game is right now, in five to ten years it's going to fly, which will mean equal better pay then. Yeah. Is that fair? So there's a few interesting things here. So the NRL is showing that they want to expand the women's footprint. So they've done that by – initially we thought it was only going to be two new WNRL teams, yeah. and now it's four. Four. Right. Mm. Um, the two games makes absolutely no sense to me next yes, year. Yes, like, I agree with that. You either have one or three. Like, that's just yep. silliness. But we've also seen with Netball Australia where they gave the the women participants so much money that they set the joint broke. Yes. Like, you know, in rugby league, we're talking about, you know, 29% of the pie. Yes. In Netball, it was 93%. Yes. And there's nothing left. No. And the, the whole thing, basically, Netball Australia is insolvent. Like, there's... You know, really? a, a concern that the competition yeah. may not go forward any further. So we need to grow, but we need to do it sustainably. I think um, the game is doing terrifically well. And this is my point around this, and people want the, the girls on the big dollars now. Well, there's a number of things to this where the, the season doesn't go for anywhere near as long, 
right? The other thing is to consider is the ratios between how many kids are playing to how many are being paid top flight. And the other thing is this, that the game is absolutely flying. And this is big credit, in my opinion, to Oztag and Touch, the skill level we have to this point. But as far as rugby league concerns, there'd be many of those top flight players who played last night who, when they were coming through, and I think this was the case with Kezi Apps, they had to play with the boys. Yeah. There wasn't the depth in the game. But I've literally just come from an under-16s girls rugby league game, and the game is absolutely flying, where there's genuine depth. Where there is team after team after team after team, which means in five to ten years – the quality of what we're seeing now is gonna it's going to be dwarf. Like it, it is gonna fly far ahead to what we're seeing now purely because there are so many more people doing it. Yeah. A- and that's why I believe that the game is gonna really, really increase. And at that point, when the game's absolutely flying, yes, the pay's gonna go up and all those sorts of things. I I do feel a little bit sorry for um the reserve grade players, the male players, where as a ratio, as a percentage of, you know, how many young boys are playing versus the top flight men, they would probably be even better placed than the women at the moment. But what the women are doing for the game and the growth, et cetera, far outweighs that. So I get that. I just think that people just want to whinge and oh, they're not getting paid enough, blah, 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 blah. The opportunities we've had, which the game has given, and, and it's been reciprocated with the girls because the product is looking better and better. The crowds are turning up and it's great. Let everyone be patient. The big paydays are coming so long as this sport continues to grow. And based on participation, there's no reason why it won't. Let's be patient. The NRL, and you mentioned the um, the example from the netball. Yep. We have to just, you know, bide our time. And it's all going to come. There's no doubt about that. In fact, I think that rugby league, uh, women's rugby league, is probably going as good as any uh, women's sport in the country. Well, if you look at the product last night, if they keep putting that on the pitch... Sponsors will come on board. Absolutely. Television viewers yeah. will come on board. It, it looked like it was a big crowd last night as well. Um, record crowd. Adrian, yeah. 11,000. Well, there uh, you go. Broke the record at North that's, Sydney Oval in that's, 2020. That's, that's middle of winter most, in Canberra. NRL games in the middle of a state of yep. origin yeah. period, isn't it? 100%. Yeah. If you put that game in Sydney, you'd probably get 20,000. Canberra would have been freezing. Last yeah. Night. Well, <laughs> and the other thing is too, I went to the um, – I went to, with my daughter Miller, up to the NRLW Grand Final in Redcliffe. And it was chockers. I think I, I yeah. actually think they had more at that game than they had at the Warriors versus whoever it was rugby league, South Paps uh, rugby league game. It, it was chockers, and the vibe it was standalone grand final. So the game is flying, but but we need to be patient. That's my opinion. Can you the, remind the, me who are the four new teams coming in? Cronulla, Balmain, Canberra, North Queensland. Yep. Okay. Oh, sorry, West Tigers. I should say not Balmain. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I think the best thing about the women's game is that. Some of the things that annoy us about the men's game haven't crept in yet. Yes. The wrestle, yes. the you know absolute reliance on completion rates. That, that in some respects, it actually looks better. Uh, this may agree with you. Hi, fellas. After watching the women last night, the men's origin has a lot to do to impress me. Number one, the women play the game properly, play the ball properly. Uh, the markers don't crowd the person in the play the ball area. A more open game, how it should be. Gary from Liverpool. Gary, can't argue. It, it is a very, very good game to watch. Mm. Very good game to watch. Uh, Sugar and Miss, I just want to say thanks to Sugar for the Kelly tip last night. But her into the Squirrels tip. Ferdinand, boy, what a ride. Those two tips were. Got some play money for the weekend. Cheers, Gaddy. Good on you, Gaddy. Uh, yeah, we backed him as well. And uh, as a result, the Squirrels in a headlock. 
with headlock with the missile about midnight last night. <laughs> yeah. What about the bar? Like, did was there a lot of money spent on that bar with a lot of winning punters? Oh, I would have thought it was. It was free drinks for all the SEN listeners. Oh, was there a lot hanging around that stayed back? <laughs> yeah. Probably none as long as uh, myself and the coal miner. <laughs> <in there. laughs> did, 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 did your beautiful wifey stay yeah. there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She kicked she's on as well. well. She's a stayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm usually and your the mates? One, uh, yeah, they yeah. did as well. I'm usually the one saying to Rose, let's pack it up. It's time to go. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. you're the voice of reason. I'm the voice of reason, <laughs> oh, believe it or not. <laughs> so, so, meanwhile, so you've had to get your backside trackside here. Meanwhile, Rose is just laying on the lounge at home. Yeah, yeah. Watching she's a bit cruising. Of yeah, 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 she's cruising. She was very excited she, about the, uh, the radio day. Yesterday. Oh, that's Very right. Excited. You yeah. know what he did, this bloke, right? So he had this opportunity to go and meet Chris Hemsworth, right? Which wow. Rose, she's female and she's natural, so she's going to find this bloke attractive, right? Yes. And that's yes. just human. And if you, yes. you know, my wife believes that she hasn't got any celebrity crush, and I'm like, yeah, right, I move along. Uh, but, but anyway, I have, for what it's worth. Um, so he has a chance to meet Chris Hemsworth wow. and denies it. And therefore denies Rose from that opportunity. So hang on. Yeah. So what did you deny it for? In order to so we got asked to go to the premiere of his new Netflix movie Spider. I watched that last night. Something? Spiderhead. Spiderhead. Yep. And he was there, and they said you can come along to the premiere and have the opportunity to meet Chris. Right. And to, look, to be honest, I'm not that big on those those social events. Mm. Um, I'm not. I'm not. It's not actually. really my scene. Nah. Yeah. Um, and but so, you didn't take one for the team. Well. I didn't. I didn't tell her. I just said, "Oh no, <laughs> yeah. no you didn't give her the option." No, no, sorry, we're not available. And then we saw <laughs> oh, some. We that's... saw some pictures and stuff from the premiere afterwards, and she's like, "Oh, that looks." Chris Hemsworth was there. How good would that be? Oh, said, no. "Oh, look, we actually got invited, but I, <laughs> I turned <laughs> it down." You spoke for her. Are you in the doghouse still? Nah, not really. Like, she she loves those events. I don't really like them, and I've done, I've done a bunch of them over the years, and I sort of, you know drag the chain a bit when I when I go to them so I feel like I've done my time but yeah she wasn't happy and the the reciprocal of that would have been if it was a Margot Robbie premiere or something mm. if we had the chance to meet her and, and Rose turned it down but uh yeah it wasn't a popular decision wow. but I knew I knew if I told her I'd have to go so I was like I'll wait until the this one passes and then I'll tell her after the fact yeah, I watched uh, it last night probably three chock tops I'd give it yeah, yeah. Not, not, what's not it bad. about is it sci-fi? Sort of. So it's this, basically, rather than all of these inmates in a normal jail, they opt to go to this place where Chris Hemsworth is the boss. Yeah. And they're going undergoing an experimental trial mm. where they're injected with this drug that uh, changes their mood and, and their perception of things. Okay. And he's... They're all guinea pigs or whatever else, and he's doing it, and there's consequences. Okay. So is, is it supposed to be like a, a goodness drug to make you a better person, is yeah, it, or yeah. not? Yeah, so that's yeah. the way he yeah. pitches it. Right. But he goes into some dark places in, gotcha. in, in the trials. So. Oh, so is he a baddie? Well, it's complex. I don't yeah, want to okay. give too much away. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which means he is. Um, <laughs> yeah. This one here coming through, it's a pure form of the game. Skills and big hits are top notch. Go the girls, says 423, 100%. Uh, I actually came from Marrickville Oval and La Perouse played our girls. And that try scored by that young Jada. Jada Yeah, Gray? the 110 metre one. Yeah, brilliant yeah, try. Yeah. Uh, it was replicated today at the park. Really? This mm. young La Perouse girl got it off the dead ball line, zigzag, bang, 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 oh, gone. Wow. So, that, mate, there is there is a stack of talented, talented girls coming through. So that game's only going to get better. There's no doubt about that. Boys, is there anything that you've uh, declined, like the missile, 
with Chris Hemworth with your later you later regretted. So for me, I gave away tickets and I later looked up where the tickets were and they were right where Darren Albert scored the try in the 97 grand final. Yeah, so I gave those away to a girlfriend back in the day to her brothers. So they now have that memory forever and I don't. Is there anything else that you've declined and you've later regretted? Oh, I've declined a bit over the years, to be honest. Uh, Some like some race days down in Melbourne. Yeah. Like I've gone to plenty, but there's also a few I've turned down. And I've never had a bad day in the birdcage at Flemington. <laughs> Have you, you done that? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you said that's not your scene. Yeah, it's not. It's no. like I get dragged along, but once I get into flight, um, I got a bit of go. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> but but even things like have you missed something where you didn't go and the boys got the quaddy and you could have been there or whatever it is, let us know on the text line or give us a call. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the way to do this. This is crunch time. Crunch time all thanks to seven eleven's classic slow cooked Australian beef pie or traditional veggie pasty. In fact, before we go to the break, we've yet to say good day to the maestro. Uh the seal, how are you, mate? Good to be with you, boys. Um I'm looking forward to this afternoon. I'm going to sit back on the couch. I don't have to work. No. It's all coming out of New Zealand this afternoon, yeah. so I'm knocking off after this. And I'm going to go home, sit down, watch every tackle of that New Zealand Tonga game, and yeah, hopefully continue on as long as. Where are the other games? The They're both in from Campbelltown. 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 There. Yep. yep. What about uh, the? I don't know whether I like it or I don't like it, but. The scheduling of the Tonga game, the three o'clock game, which I suppose is a five o'clock game over there, isn't it? Yes. So, do you, do we like it being a three o'clock game today? I'm a bit torn. Oh, it's, it's perfect. So yeah. you've, you've ba- it just fits in perfectly. So you've got three games back to back. You yeah. don't have to leave. Yeah. The couch. I was going to say, do we need yeah. it at seven thirty? But but we can't because it'd be no, it would, it nine thirty over yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it works well. Yeah, well, it does work well. You're absolutely right. We just need Warren Boland calling it. I just grew up <laughs> Saturday three o'clock game was Warren Boland, and I just need him to do it. Uh, anyway, have your say. Hey, Johnny Peard as well. Johnny Peard was there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Davey Morrow was yeah, there in Davey the call. Morrow. You'd, you'd come home from the footy, and my daughter's running around with the with the uh, the mud stains on the legs, and you'd be sitting around, and Warren Bowl would be calling the game, and it was just a great Saturday. Anyway, have your say. It's a great Saturday here in Old Sydney Town. Let us know where you're listening. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Bulldog Bob, I'll get to yours and Will's after this, uh, just as we go to the break. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Crunch time brought to you by Seven Eleven. Way through now. The squirrel's up and about. He's very cosy at this point. About 300 metres to go. Go Ferdinand, go. There's about 200 metres. There's one other runner here. Get away, number two. It's Ferdinand, boy, and number two. Find something, Ferdinand. Ferdinand starting to dig. Ferdinand starting to dig. He's fighting back. He's fighting back. He's fighting. The squirrel. He's done it. He's done it. Oh, great, great scene. Sugar, what a call. And, and you know yeah. what? Calling when you're invested. That's, that's yeah. where commentary really is at, isn't it? Oh, yeah. and, and I'm, not, I'm not talking about an emotional investment. No, no. The, uh, I'll tell you what, I... Um, just 30 seconds before it, they said, call it, call us. I don't know the other dogs' names. They said, just call Ferdinand. <laughs> <laughs> and in the end, great scenes. Uh, and if you were down there at the Sporting Globe, geez, it made the day. Uh, and that's why this two-hour show feels like about a five-hour show for the missile today. <laughs> Is that fair? Yeah, I'm a little bit dusty today. That certainly got the night underway, uh, Ferdinand Boy saluting in, in Geelong. But it was such an awesome atmosphere. So I, I think so many people in that sporting globe bet on that specific dog. It went from two twenty into a dollar seventy by the time it jumped. Oh, <laughs> it, and he said that. He said that it happened. Um, now, missile. What he likes to do, Adrian. He sees great benefits. Our man, the missile, which I'm starting to think about and read about. 
where breathing through the nose, it does something to your membranes, which does something else, and breathing through the mouth is very bad. Mm. So he's a natural mouth breather mm. where he goes to sleep with strapping tape on his mouth, right? Did you do that last night after being on the Silver <laughs> Star? <laughs> All aboard the mouth train? Yeah. You would have been like Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I might not have made it today. Well, Spud was saying yesterday he tried it and he had a bit of a panic attack yeah. when he did it, put the strapping tape wow. across the mouth. Yeah. How, do you, how do you know if you're a mouth breather if you're asleep? Well, uh, my girlfriend told me, but I, I wake up with a dry mouth yep. and uh, I did a bunch of research into it and it's, it's quite bad for your health. To, to breathe through your mouth when you sleep. So, um, Did you employ that during your swimming career? No. I wish I had. Uh, I, I wear like a, a monitor that tracks your sleep and the efficiency and those sort of things. And since I've done the strapping across the mouth, through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> a mate of mine sent me this, right? So I've got him onto this Snorlab app, right? And you can put it next to your bed. It's chainsaw. That's that him thing. when he sleeps. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's not well. Nah, that's not good at that, all. That might have made more of a difference to performance than your textile suit. Yeah, yeah. I reckon so. <laughs> but, but this app, Snore Lab, you put it next to your bed and it tracks your whole night and it shows, it gives you a rating of how you slept. Yeah. You should do it, actually, yeah, with, yeah, with your mouth, yeah. with Snore Lab. Yeah. Uh, very, very, very v- good. Very different when you're sober as opposed oh, to... Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. yeah. You need to yeah. be Sir Garfield to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, anyway, <laughs> what about last night? It was the fifth instalment of the Women's State of Origin, the Blues... Take the rain. It's been raining blue, hasn't it? Uh, Queensland, yes, won the first state of origin in the men's, but since then, the 19s in both the men and the female went the way of the blues. And then last night, the girls capped it off to make it three in a row. Let's have a listen to this. Quick play the ball. Nice work. Out of dummy half. Braley Nadai. Braley Nadai to Brill. Oh, Got across. Over. It's a set play from Queensland. Braley Nadai went across the ruck and she just turned Destiny Brill back on the inside. Hard running, tough to stop. And she gets across for another state of origin try. And First points to Queensland. They lead 4 0. There's Pearson. She goes back. This is now a uh, ball from Davis. Davis, little kick. Davis, little kick. And Tonagato. Nice. She got it down. She's a star. On the left hand side, Southwell goes out the back now. Here's Dib. She's dumbing oh, and she's running. Gone through. Straight through. Gets to the fullback. Where's support? No support. Upton can't handle her. Oh, Kira Dib. Kira Dib, you star. Standing still was Upton. Stepped around her and got the try. Almost underneath the black dot. The Blues are gone bang, bang. They've scored again and they've pushed the scoreline out to 10-4. Blues are dominating. So options left and right. Aitken on the left. They decide to come to Aitken. So here's the runner. They go outside. Dummy, dummy, dummy. Oh, wow. Taron Aitken. Blistering speed. Just what you can do, Kira Dib, in the number six jersey. So too can I says Taryn Aiken, and she slides across for the second try for Queensland and drags them back into the contest. 12-8 the scoreline now with a kick to come. So here they go. Tackle three, 10 metres out. They go to the left-hand side. Brigginshaw, Brigginshaw to Aiken. Aiken out the back. Upton missed by Surges. Spinning, spinning, Upton. She's just short of the line. Two metres out. Taufer made the tackle. That's now tackle five. They go left-hand side. Aiken's running and dummying again. She's spinning. Now she's got to offload. Can't offload. Did offload. Very late. Rugby style. And she's stolen it. Ivania Polite 
has dived over into the corner. She points to the spot, Belinda Sharp. She gives them the try. Well, that's Rugby 101. That was a pass charged down. Now Bass has got it. There's four seconds remaining. She's got to get up and play it. This will be the last play of the game. They've got to go 87 metres. 87 metres. She won't get to play the ball. She won't get to play the ball. And referee Belinda Sharp says, that's it. Game over. Win New South Wales by the converted try. 20 points to 14. There you go. Well called, uh, Jaleesa Apps with Jimmy Smith there on SEN. Uh, New South Wales, of course, break the drought. They won the first two, lost the next two, and haven't won in three years because of COVID. And as you mentioned before, boys, a record crowd of 11,321 at GIO Stadium. Tonegato put down the foot for the first try, or the second try, in fact. Uh, everyone thought, oh, could she possibly have scored? Kira did with a beautiful little touch there. Uh, Queensland's comeback, the almighty Brigginshaw. Uh, Ali got amongst it. Uh, she kicked for Taryn Aiken to get the Maroons back in the match. But what did you make of it, boys? Well, I probably should ask Adrian this question based yep. on your quality <laughs> with Squirrel and the coal miner. It was a terrific game, and I thought the back five for the Blues were probably the difference. And I just find it strange that they now only have to win one game next year and they retain the series. Yeah. Like it's, I don't know. It, it very so, so, so is the ruling that uh, it's a two-game series, yes. Queensland have to win both. So both in, in the event New South Wales yeah. win the first game, the second one's a dead rubber. Is Correct. that right? Correct. Yeah, that, that doesn't work. It's one or three. One or three. Yeah, that makes no sense. We tipped, I hope everyone was listening yesterday. We tipped them into Isabel Kelly to score. Yep. New South Wales 1 to 12, yep. paying eight bucks. Yes. Isabel Kelly goes over late. Oh, oh a few nervous moments. Until oh, yeah, yeah, end. yeah, yeah. I mean, I was only half watching it because yeah. I had the, the coal miner with me, but yeah. uh, <laughs> you're in a headlock. <laughs> was he up and about too? Did you see when she scored? Yeah. 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 Did it all yeah. go up? Right. Yeah, yeah. And then Queensland nearly got a try towards the back end as well. So there was a few nervous moments, but uh, that was that was a good one for us. So I took Kobe out for dinner, NRL being off for the weekend, and uh, my daughter has just texted me, Dad, Destiny Brill scored. This has happened. She's given me a running commentary, and I said, Darling, I'm listening on the radio. Relax. Uh, Jimmy's got the call. He'll keep me posted. Yeah. And I'm sitting at dinner, and I said, oh, I said to my daughter, has Isabel Kelly scored yet? And she said, no, Dad, she just got hurt, actually. I went, oh. And then all of a sudden, so I know there's five or ten minutes left, and I know we're gone, and my phone explodes, right? <laughs> ding, 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 ding. And I knew it could only be one thing. Yeah. Isabel Kelly scores a try. How good. And got player of the match, too, by the way. So, did she? Uh, yes, she did. So, yeah, well okay. done to Isabel Kelly. Um, but uh, who were some of the better players for Queensland, would you say, Adrian? Uh, Brigham Shaw at her usual Br- best. Brigham Shaw is, yeah. She, what an outstanding player yeah. she is, honestly. Like, veteran, been around for a long time, but just, you know, controls the game, absolute standout. Um, yeah, who else? Uh, Taryn Aitken was, was very good as well. She was a standout. So, yeah, they are probably the, the best two for mine. Uh, plenty of listeners, boys. Uh, hey, fellas, loving the show. I'm listening from Squamish in BC, Canada, on the talk of International Rugby League. The NRL should be bringing a game to Vancouver, not LA. The BC Rugby League has been running for 10 years where there isn't much going on in LA with a massive expat community in Whistler. Uh, also follow the Whistler Wolves Rugby League. It's a no-brainer. Cheers, fellas. Blake from Squamish. Good on you, Blake. Uh, we do appreciate that text. What happened to the Toronto team? Gonski. Gone. Yeah. Gonski. Um, what was the reason behind that? Well, I don't know if part of it um, was the reason, but Sonny Bill Williams, if you remember, was paid an absolute bomb. Yeah. And then they, I think with COVID and everything else happened and the competition ending, 
they still had to pay him a big chunk of that money, is my memory. So that wouldn't have helped their financial plight. No, that didn't end well. Hey, boys, a big regret of mine. We're talking about this earlier. Uh, things you've let go and you regret it. Uh, a big regret of mine was leaving after you and I played at the Opera House uh, because Crowded House were the gig after, and I thought I was too cool for Crowded House. What an idiot, oh, says Space Ghost. What a great gig. Great gig. That was huge, wasn't it? Yeah. Did you get On down to steps, that? Yeah, I was there. You were there? Yeah, so good. Oh, um, I didn't get down to that. That is a wasn't, regret of mine as well. Wasn't that on the premise that that was their final gig and they've done several subsequently? Probably, yeah. A bit John Farnham-esque. John Farnham-esque. Yep. Um, <laughs> there you go. Bulldog Bob having his say on the game last night as well. Uh, Willius Will- Will- says, boys, any WBWs today? Okay, best bit of the day today, Willius, is in Belmont, race nine, number four. Belmont, race nine, number four. That's about 10 to seven. Um, so the name of it is it's uh, it's Saturday it's Saturday that's off no sorry my apologies I've got that wrong six uh, thirty tonight race five number five so Belmont race five number five memorable miss is the best bet of the day if you're looking for something coming up Willius uh, I've got tip four pretty wild race four number eleven pretty wild at Ramwick and following that twist of fury at Caulfield. So that'll keep you going for a couple of uh, minutes there, uh, which I'll be backing as well. So if it loses, you know the drill. Leave me alone, Willius. If it wins, send as many texts in you like. Congratulate me. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is a way to have your say. The Green Keeping Rooster. Hey, boys, how good is the Sporting Globe? I was there a month ago. It's the only place where you can be elephant's trunk on the dance floor doing your column best and betting on South African races at one thirty in the morning. How good's that, says the Green Keeping Rooster? That's a good night out. That's a great night out. That's what, exactly what the missile was doing last night. Uh, Greenkeeping Rooster. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Plenty more still to come. This is crunch time, all thanks to 7-Eleven. Yeah, brought to you by 7-Eleven. You're never far away from 7-Eleven's classic slow-cooked Australian beef pie or traditional veggie pasty. You have your say, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. You can tweet us at 1170SEN. Text line 0457-736-736. Paul says... Uh, thank you, Sugar, and his team of legends. I heard that yesterday and quickly jumped on. Thank you so much. Never in doubt. Glad that girl shut them in the back, uh, put a rover call from Narrabeen. Uh, is he talking about the Isabel Kelly tip or is he talking about the Greyhound tip? Not sure. We'll take it either way, though. <laughs> yeah, we'll take it either way, Paul. Uh, Paul from Narrabeen, we appreciate that. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy 1170 is a way to have your say. Uh, now, stories this week, Adrian. Christian Wolf. So this is a very interesting sort of puzzle because at this stage, and there may be more by the end of the year, but there's three vacancies for next year. Canterbury Bulldogs, the Warriors, and the West Tigers. Now, someone like a Christian Wolf is one of those coaches in the coaching cab rank, so to speak, looking for an NRL job. We understand um, Christian Wolf has turned down the Warriors' offer. So is that the end of the section or has he turned it down for now? What do you know about this at this point? Well, I think he's turned it down... Yeah, holus bolus, which, yeah. you know, doesn't um, say a lot about the Warriors in that they're approaching rookie coaches who want nothing to do with that's, them as well. That's right. And apparently Mark Robinson went over and, and tried to pitch to him in England. Um, but I think I think Robinson was probably one of the potentially red flags, I think. I yeah, mean, well. just, just in so far as, I mean, you go back to that Matt Lodge incident where it sounded like they'd had a few on the source. Yeah. There was some sort of an argument. It ended up with... The Warriors paying Matt Lodge seven hundred thousand dollars to do nothing. Yep, um, and that still puzzles me. And 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 Mark Robinson's also gone on record to say we're not interested in Madge. 
which I don't know why he would say that. In so oh, has he said as, that? He has said that on the wow, record. Wow. But, but what if he gets two or three other knockbacks and then all of a sudden Madge is the next best and he's already publicly gone out and said, no, we're not going to go in that direction. So I'm picking, as I've said earlier in the program, I'm picking a big Kiwi win t- tonight. And I think it's one of the better Kiwi sides we've seen in a while. If that happens, you just know there's going to be noise around, we need this bloke Madge to coach the Warriors, isn't there? That's going to be the story tomorrow. But, but it makes sense insofar as he's got that connection yep. with all the Kiwi players. Yep. He knows about the system. He knows about the development pathways in the nation. Why you would go out, and even if you decided he wasn't the guy, why would you publicly go out and say that on the record? Yeah. You know, like, you, you don't give yourself any wiggle room at all, do you? No. Can I ask what Shane Flanagan's doing now? All the talk early was about Shane Flanagan to the Bulldogs. That doesn't seem to be the way that... that the Bulldogs are going to go. That, but won't, he, that will not happen. Will yeah, not happen. but then he yeah. hasn't been mentioned for the other jobs. Yeah. Um, I, I don't necessarily think he's – like he's certainly not top of mind for the West Tigers who are all in on Serraldo for the time being. Yeah. Um, I don't know about whether he's the right fit for the Warriors. I, I, I'd like to see the Warriors do something bold. Like in, you mentioned it briefly last week, like the Walker Brothers. Walker Brothers, like yeah. For one year, like that that's, just seems like a club that needs to be inspired to, to do yep. something – Really out there, out of the box, bold, get people engaged with rugby league again, especially next next week. They're going back to New Zealand. They're playing against the West Tigers for the first time in, what, two and a half years. Yep. Um, and that's a free throw at the stumps. The Walkers have said, look, if we can't get you to the finals, you won't sack us. We'll walk. Yeah. I've got an open letter to the West Tigers, right? Dear West Tigers, <laughs> it, it appears as though Serraldo is not going to be the one. Whoever is going to be the one, let's challenge ourselves, right, to just announce the coach. Get all your due diligence done behind the scenes where no one's talking about it. Let's zip our lips up. Let's try and prove to people that we're not loose lips uh, ship in this competition. The challenge is do all the homework, decide upon the coach, announce the coach without everyone already talking about it. The fact that so many people are talking about Serraldo, please just do it once, just a challenge once that the great clubs do. The yeah. Melbourne Storm would just come out. You wouldn't have heard a squeak about it. They would announce their coach. Roosters would do the same. You wouldn't hear a peep. They'd announce their coach. West Tigers, please, just this once, just tighten up the lips, show the world that we don't <laughs> have to share everything to the media and everyone else around, please, just for once, can we please do that? Do you think that that's part of the turnoff for West Tigers? Of course it is. Yeah. Put aside their performance, put aside, you know, the acumen on the board, whether they have it or otherwise. Just the fact that so much of that stuff gets ventilated yeah. publicly. Yeah. Mate, the greatest Wild World of Sports, and this is not no slant on the Wild World of Sports because they're just doing their job. It was my highlight of the week, right? Where I'm paraphrasing here, but there was somebody uh, chatting to the Wild World of Sports, right? And they were whinging about the fact how everything gets out of the West Tigers. And that was quoted by a West Tigers unnamed source. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell is going on? That is the most West Tigers thing we've ever done in the 22 yeah. years that, that somebody is leaking about leaking and they are an unnamed source at the West Tigers. What the hell's going on? Can, can I tell you that there was once a situation at a, at a particular NRL club where all of this stuff was getting leaked to a particular journalist so they fed this journalist some bogus information, thinking yeah. that he'll come back to one of the big wigs at the club and get it verified. He just ran it, and it, it flushed out the mole, but it also ah. made for a very embarrassing headline because oh. it was something 
pretty out there. Is that right? Yeah, yeah right. Because they'd had so many wins from their saws. Yeah, they just thought, well, this this guy's rock solid. Yep. I'll just go back to him. I can take it to the bank. Yep. Published yep. it. Yeah. And it was very wrong and very embarrassing Tell for all me, concerned. When you get a source at a club, Adrian, is it because like you've just become close with that person over time or know them socially, or is it because they have a specific agenda that they want to get back so they feed you more information or do you have to It could pay be them? a, a combination. No, you there's no cash them. for comment, but th- yeah. it's, it's about relationship building um, yeah. in that there's trust in that perhaps in the past they've shared information with you and said, don't write it and you haven't and, yeah. and that builds trust Yeah. or it might be in their interest um, for whatever reason. They might yeah. have an agenda of their own. Yeah. So that's how relationships get cultivated. Righto, okay. boys. Here it is. So just so I'll clean up the exact quote. And this is told to the Wildwater Sports. We are sick of stuff coming out of our club into the media all the time. A tiger source told. <laughs> Come on. Oh, that's the greatest thing I've ever that's read. unbelievable. That is the greatest sense. thing I've ever we read. We won't leak any more, says Luke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So would, would within the same, let's say within the same organisations, would there be multiple sources to multiple different news outlets or will yep. they generally clump together? It, it just depends. Every, you know, journos have got, you know, different people yeah. on, on the hook or whatever. And that's all, you yeah, know. Wow. And You're the, the, doing your job. It's not your yeah, problem. It's, it's, don't shoot no. the messenger. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. Uh, but, I, I but, just find it hilarious. But the, the funny thing is that sometimes some clubs aren't all on the same page. Yeah. So, so a Tiger source may tell one journalist one thing and then another journalist something else and half the time it so, so, sort of feels like they're not sure. Well, I, yeah. I can watch in, in the same night, I can watch NRL 360 into 100% footy yep. and hear two completely opposite stories yeah. on the same club or the same player. And they're probably both right at different times during the day. Yeah, okay. that's probably right. That's there a fair way to answer that. Uh, plenty more still to come. This is, of course, crunch time all thanks to 7-Eleven. Plenty more still to come. I want to talk about Matt Burton, his situation, not yeah. taking up the option. We'll do that after this. Uh, timing's everything here, crunch time. All thanks to 7-Eleven, just diving into one of those beautiful, slow-cooked uh, Australian beef pies. I could have gone the traditional veggie pasty, went the uh, slow-cooked Australian beef pie, and by gee, a little bit hot, but I dived into it. That's okay. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy to have your say. Hey, boys, I heard you earlier talking about when you gave away, I missed out something amazing. I gave away two box tickets to the 2005 playoff game with Uruguay to make the World Cup at Sydney oh. Olympic Park. Oh, I watched wow. it at home and never thought, what the hell have I done? <laughs> I'll never forget that. Cheers, wow. fellas, his ads. That's a bad one. Mm. Were you too young for that seal? Or? No, I wanted to get tickets out there, but it was a school night. And, yeah. You know, I was got there. that call. Yeah. I was seven years old. It was just, wow. it was just magic. It's the sort so of thing good. that makes you fall in love with the sport. Is a, a moment like that. I managed yeah. to go there and not fall in love with the sport. I love the event. <laughs> <laughs> I love the event. It was one of the the top five things I've seen sporting yeah. wise. But um, yeah, in terms of a long standing passion with the other, other football, nah. incorrect. Is that right? <laughs> so I um, I never really appreciated that day. Not until uh, last week, really. Socceroos had won through, and. I was talking about the 2005, and somebody <laughs> said, go and watch, there's a documentary on YouTube called November 22. By Rich Bayless, who's now with the Australian APL, but he was at Fox at that time, did a wonderful job. It is a wonderful doco. Oh, if you Tell haven't seen it. It's beautiful. It's a cracker. Uh, November 22 is the doco, and it is on YouTube, and it sets it up beautifully, and it's very, very similar sort of path how it's part, but played out. Uh, this text message here... Um, 
Uh, hi, Miss Ol. I know there's a lot of talk about how well Matt Burton and the Fox are playing at the moment. The person I'm really pleased for is Kyle Flanagan. His combination with Burton has gone relatively unnoticed. Given he copped an absolute hammering in the past, couldn't be happy uh, for him with his performance. What are your thoughts from an old Berry? Yeah, look, I think the fact that uh, Burton has gone, uh, sorry, Flanagan has gone relatively unnoticed means he's just doing his job. Yep. He's given Flanagan, uh, Burton early ball and he's taken sort of that um, Robin to Burton's Batman yeah. role. Uh, he's playing a silent sort of background part and freeing Burton up. Uh, a lot of talk, Adrian, now about Burton's contract. Mm. So he's they're saying he's not going to take his player option yep. for 2024. How many clubs would be chasing Matt Burton if he, he was on the market? Most of them. Certainly anyone that's on the in the bottom eight on the ladder, I think the Dolphins would be looking at him. Yep. Um, he makes any side better, doesn't he? Like What's a, Matt Burton worth on the open market? It depends on which team. Like he's worth a different value probably to different teams. Do you know what the option is the third year, roughly how much it is? I'm not sure, but I know that they the, the first couple of years, like the it was a very good deal for the Bulldogs. Like he's way below market value. He'd only played a handful of first grade games yeah, when they signed him, him. Yeah. and he has absolutely popped. So um, he holds all the cards now, Matt Burden. And if I'm him, I, I'm in a holding pattern. I just wait to see who your coach is going to be, who your fullback, and who your halfback is going to be. And I know Kyle Flanagan's doing a good job at the moment, but we'll know more about him. So the next two weeks. Bulldogs have got the Sharks and they have then got the Rabbitohs. And I think you'll get a better read on how that spine comes together after I'm that. I'm feeling quite confident about that Sharks game. Mm. The Sharks against the Titans were so unimpressive. But they yeah. only did what they had what to they do had to win. To. Yeah, yeah. But how much uh, do you think the Bulldogs form towards the back end of this year plays into that uh, decision? Oh, it'd be a huge factor. Yeah. But there's also been some false dawns in the, like probably the last two or three years. They finished relatively well, like when, or the last third of their season compared to the first two thirds. Yeah. And that hasn't then translated to a yeah, good start you're the right. following year. I think what, what you'll see with uh, Burton and the Fox, uh, and, and you'd know as well as anyone, Adrian, when the Bulldogs are flying, they are a big club, right? There is a big supporter base. There would be... Uh, you know, good third-party deals. They've got a lot of sponsors for the club. Uh, I think Burton would find it's a very different story with a flying Bulldogs team um, to, to what he's experienced the first half of the season. The hard part for the Bulldogs, and this is, you know, doesn't just affect Burton, but everyone that works within that organisation is that uh, two-year election cycle. And a lot of decisions get made, whether it be recruitment, retention, or even on their head coach, based on that upcoming vote that, that's that's coming. Uh, so when's that gonna be? I think that they they uh, the same board got through unopposed this year. Yep. Um, but the next coaching appointment is crucial and if that starts to go awry, I think you'll find that, you know, the board's not gonna spear themselves. They'll spear the coach or, or try to make changes mm. to try to raise a bit of hope before that the next time the, the punters go to the ballot box. There's no doubt about it that the reason they've knocked it back is because say he's on 500 and that may be the number or close enough they know now that that number is not relevant now. Yeah. So but, but Brad Fittler's always been with camp and origin about not, you must have your contract sorted at that time. Like he didn't like the pain Haas yep. fiasco blowing up before origin one. And 
my only question is, so this is an option not for next year. It's an option for 2024, isn't it? Yes. It's an option for 2024. Yeah. Yeah. So why has this landed now in the middle of Origin, in, in the middle of his debut Origin preparation? Why has it landed right now? I just find it... Oh, I reckon there's there's some out there that like to unsettle the Bulldogs camp that have some anti-Gus rhetoric. That's what I reckon. It's also at a time when his stocks are going through the roof. But it's on him to make that decision, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but he's about to play his first origin, so naturally your value on the open market increases. But nothing's going to happen in this time, though. Yeah. Like, like no one's going to come and sign him before this game happens. They can't even talk to him now. Can no, they? so so I don't understand the timing of all of this. The other thing yeah. too is that sometimes there's with those options, and I'm not suggesting it's a case now. You've got a certain window in which to activate it. So perhaps maybe that's part oh of the okay reason. yeah okay yeah, yeah that, that that could actually be the reason if that's the reason that's that's very plausible. Uh, anyway, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Joel, the manager's cop a bad rap, but this Burton Bulldogs contract is one of the best ever. Um, if he'd had a wretched year, he'd still be on a good deal and back in the team. As it is, he's able to make what he's worth on the open market. His manager should be applauded, says Rocky. Can't argue with that, Rocky. Well, Cannot was, argue with that. Well, it was it's in the Bulldogs' favour at the moment in terms of the money he's on. Yeah. Next time, it'll be the shoe will be on the other foot. And yep. sure, we'll have, you know... We had a, a story, I think, in the Herald today about, uh, you know, an NFL punter talking about the boot on him. You know, we'll have NFL teams that'll be uh, <laughs> descending upon yeah, Matt Burden. Oh, you know, there'll be a yeah. code switch. There'll yeah. be rugby union. Yeah. You know, imagine him in the AFL with those big, long kicks in his ears. Like, yeah. You know, that the... Bulldogs are really going to have to ah, up yeah, their ante. Yeah. You know, he could be a seven-figure player. Hey, Carlton, can you just throw us a dog? Yeah, 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 all this yeah. sort of stuff happening. Don't worry about that. one 300 Loz, you are quite correct. He says, Sugar, it's not November 22, the doctor, doco. It's November 16. Yeah, there you go. So you're absolutely right, Loz. The YouTube doco about the Socceroos in 2005. November 16 is the doco. There is a doco, I think it may be November 22, actually, and that relates to this bombing or something in Norway. So I've got that completely bundled up. Uh, November 16 is the one you want to see. The doctor talking about says Loz. It's a a less happy documentary, that other one. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, 1-300-01-1170 is the way to have your say. This is crunch time, all thanks to 7-Eleven. It's crunch time as well when we're on the $20 leader who's just been swamped. Uh, Can you hang on for third, young fella? No, you can't. Anyway, uh, we'll take a break and compose ourselves. Plenty more still to come here on crunch time. The Missile, Adrian Prezenko, the maestro, the Seal. I'm Joel Kane, but more importantly, you, the listener. Plenty more still to come. Yeah, good scenes over there at Mount Smart Stadium. Uh, Tonga preparing for New Zealand in the females game, the women's game. They're going through the war cries at the moment. So it's just terrific how they put this on in the internationals. Uh, Tony Kemp will be part of the call for SEN. He's fired up for that uh, with the call coming up at uh, 3 o'clock. Uh, well, 2 o'clock coverage starts after us here on SEN 1170. That's for sure. You can tune in there for Kempi and the team to preview Tonga versus New Zealand. Should be an absolute cracker. Here's what Kempi had to say. The problem that you have is you have a pretty average international governing body that don't have a say and and really can't remove what is what is the best product down here, which is the NRL and the Origin window. Or you start to think outside the square and run Pacific Cups, you know, where if you look what the Indigenous do in Australia, and the Māori also do it over here in New Zealand, is they have a week where players just go and play against each other. Um, when you, you'll, you'll see this game today. 
like I've said for three years now that the time New Zealand game was our origin concept. You'll see it when you when you see it on TV. You'll see the stadium full of yeah. people. It's, it's the only time they do it in New Zealand, and it really should be taken to somewhere like Eden Park, and it should be a three-game series. So it should be like New South Wales Queensland. Um, but no, again, the governing body down here for New Zealand's got no idea um, <laughs> how to how to do that, and. If, and of course, what we do is we get this teaser at this time of the year, and then it goes away, and we don't see it again. You know, you've got to argue whether or not you'll see it at the end of the year, maybe the World Cup. Um, but that comes around every four years. It's just not enough football. Yeah, Kempi doesn't miss, does he? No, he's he, not too he, opinionated. He, he marks centre <laughs> outside the crease, and he goes back. Which you know what? I don't mind that. I, yeah, lo- I, like I, I love it actually. Um, so we look ahead to this game, boys. Uh, the Kiwis preparing for Tonga. And as we mentioned earlier, plenty of the Kiwi boys are in terrific form. Jerome Hughes, Joe Tarpany, uh, Joey Manu, Dylan Brown, uh, Brandon Smith playing good. Most of those blokes at the top of their game. Taking on this Tonga side who, they, they're flying. It's a great squad, but an inexperienced spine, Adrian. You've got Kohler at uh, fullback, your halves are Amone and... Stags. Tony Stags. Stags. And the dummy half is... Silva. Havili. That's exactly right. What do you make of this team? Yeah, it's it's an exciting team. Like I'm really interested to see how Katoni Stags goes in six because there was some talk that Brisbane were even going to go that way yeah. earlier in the season, and that would have been an interesting experiment. Him and Adam Reynolds, but um, yeah, obviously not playing uh, for the Blues, so that'll that'll be interesting. Um, I think New Zealand on the strength of their spine, which we spoke about earlier, and that forward pack mm. is just ominous, isn't it? Uh, absolutely, that is, is rigid ditch. It is mm. legit. There's no doubt about that. And Missile, how do you see this playing out? Oh, I think New Zealand win based off their spine. Uh, I think the interesting thing about this weekend, I look at Samoa's lineup and I think they're they're being slept on. That's starting to be a serious squad. Uh, if you add Luai, Toto, uh, a couple of other potential origin players into Crichton. that. Crichton, yeah. If you add those guys into that Samoa Stephen team. Stephen Crichton got the Samoan background, does he? Wow. Yeah, I think that's almost a better squad yep. than the Tongan squad. Uh, I don't know what ended up happening. Matthew Johns and Andrew Johns offered to coach that team and bring in Sonny Bill as like a cultural advisor oh, yeah. for their coaching staff, and they got knocked back by the Samoan Do you know what happened there? Board. There's been, I think this is true for both Tonga and Samoa, there's been a bit of uh, instability at board level, um, and ultimately um, Samoa has decided that Matt Parrish is going to be you know, at the helm for this game and for the World Cup. There was some talk that Italy was going to approach the Johns brothers. They've got Tim Sheens as a coaching director or an advisor. Italy do. So that could be a wow. bit of a, that's you know, cool. from where field. I think Jack Johns is playing yes. Italy. That's, yeah. that's the connection Okay, there. right. Yeah. And with today's game, it's interesting from a coaching perspective in that Christian Wolf isn't there because of his Super League St. Helens commitments. And the idea that was that Wayne Bennett was going to come in and help out. Um, but Wayne Bennett's quite crook. I don't know if he's got the Curtis Rona mm. or otherwise, but yeah. he won't be there. So Dean Young will be in charge. Is so, Dean Young uh, a sneaky for the Warriors? He should be considered. Given the work that he's done with the Cowboys, yeah. the improvement in their defence, and he's been a big part of that. He hasn't been... like There's, there's so many other um, candidates. Like, you know, no one talks about him or Anthony Seabold, or other guys that potentially should be added to the list. And 
just seems to be very narrow focused. It's Seraldo or, or bust. I tell you what. So the missile was having a few drinky poos last night with a squirrel in the coal miner, right? And what they often do, the professional punters and the traders, they look at the starting price. So they might go, okay, well, Adrian, your run last start was pretty bad, but you were actually backed in from two dollars fifty to a dollar ninety. So the market was very, very hot on you. But for whatever reason, it didn't work out, right? That, that's how a lot of pro punters approach things. So it's not always about what happened in the run. It was also what happened in the betting. So if Anthony Seabold gets the reins at South Sydney and has them flying, the market was hot on Anthony Seabold to get the reins at South Sydney. Then a powerhouse club like the Broncos come in and poach Anthony Seabold, two of the biggest clubs we're talking about. So he has coached at two of the biggest clubs and who the market at one point said, this is the bloke. For five years. So how can you go from being backed in the market heavily as a superstar at both South Sydney and the Broncos to being at the back of the queue? Yeah, I've I've wondered about that in this whole coaching merry-go-round. How has his name not popped up at all? Well, yeah. he was the coach of the year at South Sydney in yeah. his inaugural yeah. year. There you go. And, and and things did go really wrong at, at Brisbane. the Broncos. Yeah, but again, he do, he's not even in the, the conversation. The Broncos were a basket case. Throughout though, weren't they? Like it seems since they brought in Ben Eichen, he's steadied the ship a yep. bit. They've made some decisions with their administration that's settled things. I don't think Seabold was the sole cause of all their issues. I think he made potentially a few recruitment and retention errors. He tried to change too much too soon. Yeah, yep. yeah. I agree with that. And I also think that he didn't – it's not just about coaching, it's managing the stakeholders, which aren't always paid stakeholders or – you know, the former players the have power. Oh, boys. oh man. He got that wrong. Yeah. And their links with the media and yeah. he, he hung himself in many ways with that. And, yeah. and I just think that at any he, he's the forgotten one. Yeah. Well, coaching's it just shows, is only one part of the job, isn't it? Yeah. And, and that's a very particular market there with the – the Courier Mail. Um, the old boys. If I had to hear network. one more time about the Broncos old boys, I, I went on holidays for a couple of days to the Gold Coast and you turn on TV there and every TV channel on the news, on the whatever you're watching, it's ex-Broncos players presenting or talking or yeah. being asked for comment. They're everywhere up there. And if you get them offside, you're done. Yeah. You're done. Well, I'll tell you what. He, he, it was magic round and this was actually reported so you could find it, but I, I won't embarrass it. But there was a coaching staff of Anthony Seabold's who was still out uh, at about two or three in the morning on game day. And, and that's not really back in the coach. No. You, you know what I mean? I won't embarrass the person. I'm sure you you probably know what it is. But it, it's he had a lot going against him, Anthony Seabold. But again, he was the shiny new object, yep. wasn't he? And yep. now yeah. it's Cameron Serraldo. And before it yeah. was... Trent Barrett, and yep. before that, it was someone else who's right. Justin Holbrook or, or who Justin Adam, Holbrook. Under, Adam O'Brien. Adam O'Brien, like again, Adam O'Brien. There we'll, you go. Look at him on paper; he's been in two good systems at Melbourne and the Roosters. He's going to be, you know, the next big thing, and yeah. he's struggling. Like Can I just ask you, Adrian, about uh, Justin Holbrook? So yep. they took away this week his high performance manager or uh, coach. What sacked them? Did they sack them? Did they? Yeah, which was like his guy. Is that? A warning shot to say if you don't sharpen up, you're next. Well, it's the alternative is it's it's like for instance with Maguire last preseason in that he started to lose well, a few well, staff. Well, not yeah. just that, but it's like something needs to change, and we yep. either change the coach or we yep. change everything else. And yep. with the Tigers, they changed everything else. They got Tim Sheens in. They yep. changed his assistants. So they've said, "Well, Madge, we've we've backed you and we've given you every possibility." 
around you. So whether or not that's the tack that they're taking up there, but but it's either a warning shot across the bow, yeah, um, or you know the next the next change is going to be you. Yeah, wow. If, uh, he, if he was at a Sydney club, he'd be under huge pressure. Surely, there's absolutely. three clubs above him that have all sacked their coach. We don't talk about it much, I guess, in yeah. New South Wales, then, but. They're not talked about much up there either. In yeah. The Courier Mail is so in on the Broncos day to day that they don't really focus on the Titans. And in some respects, that's a blessing for Holbrook. He wouldn't be as under as much pressure as yeah. if the Broncos, you know, the Broncos were running were last. Running last. Yeah. Yeah. In, in the, I suppose you'd call this the Aussie bloke mates group. A lot of times there's the bloke who's the chirpy one and he's always getting potted, right? So the boys are all charging into him and potting him. Generally, they're deep down most loved, right? Yeah. If you're not getting potted at all, it can sometimes be kind of irrelevant. Yeah. And that's the Titans. Yeah. They're just kind of irrelevant and everyone just yeah. leaves them alone. Yeah. Yeah. The first probably three, four years my girlfriend was watching rugby league, anytime the Titans were on TV, she'd say, what's that team again? Uh, I don't recognize their jersey. Uh, I'm like, oh, that's the Titans. She's like, oh, you never really hear about the Titans. I was like... To be honest, since they've entered the comp, they've been somewhat irrelevant. They've never really made a mark one no. way or the other. But no. I feel in Sydney, or that's Newcastle and Canberra, in that when they have tough years, the, the blowtorch isn't applied to them because they just yeah. don't move the needle as much from a selling papers perspective. Correct. And yeah. well, it's happening now. You know, we haven't yep. heard a lot about Adam O'Brien. Raiders yep. have had a tough time as well. Anyway, have your say, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Just before we get off this subject, uh, Adrian, you're the one closest to all of this, uh, and it's guesswork at this stage, but have you got a guess as to who those three coaches are going to be, or if you, if you had to guess? Well, last week you asked me that yeah. question about um, the Warriors, and I said Christian Wolf. Well, so that's he's, out. He's, he's thought better of yeah. that. So, But you were right. Oh, he was the target. He was the target. Yeah. So they're back to the drawing board. Um, Bulldogs, I think um, they're pleased with how Potter's going, but I don't think he'll he'll get that long term. I, I said last week, Ricky Stewart, I stick by that. And again, that's not any male. Like, no, that's no, no. just my yeah, gut yeah. feeling. Yeah. Um, well, I'd back, and, that, back that, by and, the way. And I suspect that the Tigers will be going back to the drawing board. So I think that they're all in on Seraldo. He's, you know, having, he will make a decision. I don't think it'll be the, you know, the one that the Tigers are hoping for. What's your guess? Is, is your guess that um, Seraldo lands at one of those three clubs or no? I think he stays put. Yeah. I, I think there's no rush for him. Um, he can do what Craig Fitzgibbon did. He he knocked back several, at least four or five approaches before he ultimately went for the Sharks. Um, he's he's on more money than some first grade coaches where yeah. he is now. Um, you know he can stay put. You know for as long as he wants and until the right offer comes up because there will be more coaches sacked before the year ends. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Oh, you guarantee you reckon there's definitely at least another one coming. Absolutely. Uh, around the grounds we go, by the way. So the test match between Tonga and New Zealand in the women's match is off to a flyer. The left centre has scored for the Kiwis and the left winger. So five minutes gone in the first half. 8-0 with a kick to come. 8-0 with a kick to come. Plenty more still to come. This is crunch time. All thanks to 7-Eleven, uh, the Missile Magnuson, Adrian Prasenko. I'm Joel Kane. The seal is here, but more importantly, you the listener. Plenty more still to come. Yes, it certainly is. Alex on the text line, he said, boys, uh, loving the show, uh, keeping my Saturday busy. But he goes on to say about international football scheduling. Boys, have you got a view as to whether we've got it right? Uh, by the way, Kiwis in again uh, in the women's game. The Kiwis leading Tonga 12 points to nil with a kick to come. They are flying at the moment. I like what's happening at the moment. We're obviously in a World Cup year, but you know, to have all of these internationals, a standalone origin on Sunday, I think it's been terrific. You know, yeah. We've got the... 
the men's, the boys, the the women's. It's it's been terrific. What about Channel Nine backing the Nineteens Origin? That was bold, I think, but I, I love that they did that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, again, I haven't seen the ratings. Haven't seen the numbers yet. No, I haven't seen the numbers yet. But yeah. hopefully, that there was a little little spike there. What's the plan next year? So they said this was the last Sunday, State of Origin, back so, to Wednesdays. Yep. So I take it the internationals are going to be put back to the end of the year, which is interesting uh. because, again, with with Origin, you know, the the broadcasters hold sway, and um, from in talking to Alex off air earlier. The Sunday game still rated quite well last year. So. Yeah, so that decider um, a couple of years ago um, in 2019, which was the decider between Queensland and New South Wales, that drew just over 1.8. That Ooh. Sunday game, that Sunday game in the middle of 2020, drew the same amount on the numbers. So, and that was above what game one rated this year. Right with taking into account all the, the new streaming services and stuff like that. So naturally those numbers are going to decline slightly, but you're not losing anything by playing the games on a Sunday. So for me, it's a bizarre decision from nine to absolutely decide in the next broadcast deal, we're going to play all the games back on Wednesday. We're eliminating the Sunday um, experiment because it gives you the opportunity to play these games at the same time. And as we heard Kempi say a little bit earlier, these origin games shouldn't be, you know, these origin breaks shouldn't just be for New South Wales and Queensland. Mm. We've got all these terrific Pacific nations. And if we're really trying to, if we're talking about growing the game, which is a great buzzword they love to use, then what better way is there to do it than pause the season and give everyone the opportunity to actually play in this period for their nation? Don't you dare say buzzword without using optics or narrative. <laughs> okay, so next time, please, please Great use those. Game, yes. But a- I'm more excited about this weekend's football than if it was just round 16. Yeah, origin players potentially not backing up. um, You know, leading into what may be a dead rubber next next um, games. Like, I think it's much better. Yeah, I I agree. Great celebration for the game. The the NRL loses like the the week to week NRL loses a little bit of momentum around this time of year. Yeah, there's some games that are less than competitive. I Mm. think. Um, So I, I like it. There's something about Wednesday State of Origin, though, that just feels right, feels yeah. comfortable. Yeah. You know, you grew up going to school on a Wednesday with that bit of excitement that you knew tonight was the game. It's um, like fight nights, isn't it? Like yeah. all the yeah. mundane fights and the horn fights and the zoo, they're always on a Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. Hey, by the way, still 12 points to nil, 12 minutes gone. So they're racing the clock at the moment, New Zealand, uh, taking on Tonga, where one of the young Tongan ladies has been sent to the bin, which is going to make it... Even harder, uh, 12 minutes gone. Yeah, this is another try coming. Don't worry about that. I want to point out something here because it could be a lot worse. They're none from three in the kicking. And, and this is a lesson to all junior rugby league coaches. Um, the, the NRL players, when you score in the corner, they typically kick on the 20-metre line, right? Yeah. And when I was at school, <coughs> excuse me, um, I wondered, well, why do you need to know about the bloody high pot news? Yes, they've scored try number four. Oh, has she grounded? That's a question. But it looks as though they've scored try number four in 12 minutes. I thought to myself at school, why did we have to learn about the bloody high pot news? And after 43 years of my life, I've now worked out why. Because it gives us the goal-kicking length, right? So what, what, you, what you see, and that's, that's the sole Pi- reason they taught Pythagoras us that. Pythagoras was thinking that when he was Pythagoras, coming. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah. So Joel Kane yes. on the sideline. That's right. So I haven't little, yet, he gets out his little protractor on yes. the sideline. <laughs> I haven't yet worked it out, but I'm going to, right? Where 
so often I see in junior rugby league, and you see it a lot in uh, women's rugby league, who, you know, they haven't yet got the power of the boys from the sideline. Some do, not all of them. Uh, but this young girl here clearly hasn't for the Kiwis, has the power because they're all going short. So my point is... And this is for junior rugby league coaches as well because it happens all the time. It happened in my daughter's game this morning where they kick 20 metres out on the, on the sideline where they are, based on their kicking range, they are a zero chance of kicking it yeah, because they don't far. have the capacity. They yeah. are a zero chance for kicking it. Yeah. So why don't you move the ball five metres in from the touch from the try line, right? The angle, of course, is very bloody difficult, yeah, but you are some chance of kicking it. Yeah. You are some chance of kicking it. I don't understand, and I hope this girl doesn't do it again for the fourth time. She will. But they're all short. You're taking about 20 metres. Hypotenuse, Pythagoras would be rolling in his grave saying, I should have goalking percentages far higher, but they're going back to the bloody 20 metre line. Yeah, do you agree, I agree. Do you agree with yeah. that? Do you think over the past uh, probably five years, the quality of goal kicking in the NRL has dropped? Like, I've, I've been watching Nico Hines kick for Cronulla. He's pretty – like, even his technique is pretty ordinary. It's an easy, he's an easy fix. Yeah, she did drop that, I think. You'll find. Uh, he's an easy fix. And I'll tell you what, it takes 10 minutes to fix Nico. You say, Nico, I've got some homework for you. Um, go and watch some footage of Dan Carter because he's actually strikes the ball. His, his eye to feet, if you want to call it that, is fine, right? Yeah. And Matt Burton's very, very similar. Matt Burton's most of his uh, misses go left. Nico keeps hooking. They all go left, right? He's now starting to accommodate for it. But the problem with that is if you're a hooker of the ball and you're kicking from the right-hand side of the field, you dramatically reduce the the angle, right, right. because of the shape of the ball. Right. So all they need to do, both Burton and Nico Hines, go and watch Dan Carter – Go and watch, who was the pommy bloke? Johnny Wilkinson. Go and watch Daryl Halligan. Go and watch Hazamel Masri. And they are all very square to the ball. So to give you the best analogy, right, when you play golf and you're driving off the range or having a shot, you are square to the ball, right? Yeah. Nico Hines and Burton and the like, they're basically hitting the ball with their shoulders facing up the fairway, if you know they're what I mean. They're coming in straight at it's it. It's such an easy fix. And in a billion-dollar game, I don't understand how we get, have people doing this. Yeah. Sugar, did you have a goal-kicking whisperer? Or did you work with someone like a, either a Halligan or I was or the first like to that? get Graham Arnold. There you go. Yeah, the, the current Socceroos coach. So, ah, yeah, I was and, the first to get him. And, and how did that come about, like, to get a soccer yeah. like, former player turned coach? Well, he knew Wayne, Wayne Pearce. Yeah. And I said to Wayne Pearce, I said, look, why don't we explore getting Arnie? I think he was coaching... Northern Spirit or someone like that at the time. Yeah. Was that the team? He, he actually had money invested in that club as well. So Did he? Yes, he was heavily <laughs> invested in Northern Spirit. So but between us, we, we – and, and and I – it's not all about being the best kicker. You don't need to be the best player to play. But I believe that I studied goal kicking more than anyone, probably because I missed a lot, you know, and I, and I often go back and say, why did I get that? The fact that my legs are two foot tall, not ideal for goal kicking. <laughs> but in the end, we, we got the point scorer that year and uh, Graham Arnold the next year had five clubs using his services. So I'd like to think I have played a part in that. So I have studied goal kicking to buggery, right? And, yeah. and it frustrates me when you see a Nico Hines who could so easily fix it and a Matt Burton so easily fix it. And what mm. I would do things like, I, I would do my goal kicking, I'd get my young bloke to do this, to calibrate the kicking is to kick on the goal line. So I would, I would always warm up kicking on the goal line where you're aiming at the one post. Yeah. 
you know, things like that. Yeah, so yeah, so yeah, it wasn't yeah, a great like kicker, it. but I think I've studied goal kicking probably more than anyone has. But Yeah, uh, I just think the past couple of years I've seen a deterioration in goal kicking yeah. across the board in the NRL. Yep. You look at uh, Cleary, how he finished with his shoulders well over the ball. Little things like that. Where So Nico Hines' natural action, because he's so front onto the ball, he's actually almost leaning back when he's kicking yeah. it, which is opening it up for you to, to hook the ball more. Whereas Nathan's really feeling with his shoulders over the ball. Yeah. Um, it's... It just comes down to a bit of tape work, you know. And, and yeah. the argument can't be there, well, I'm not comfortable kicking square. Well, the numbers are showing you're not comfortable kicking where you're kicking at the yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway. Uh, Mitchell Moses kicked the uh, winning goal a few weeks ago. He almost gave it away at the start of the year. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yep. Didn't want to do it anymore. Yep. And it's a couple of times Brad Arthur's had to talk him into it. He, there's a couple of pre-seasons he just said, I, I couldn't hit a barn door. I don't want to do it. Yeah. And he got him to persist. Wow. I actually generally believe, um, away from Nico, I actually think Burton could be the best kicker in the competition. He, he has the ability to, but he's just got the wrong run-up. Okay. He's truly got the wrong run-up. I wonder if they're working with Hazem still. And you know what Mustn't I'm not, I'll tell you another thing that kids do, uh, and my kids do the same, they, they come up with a run-up for no apparent reason. So so many steps back, so many across. What you actually need to do is put down a, a marker probably just dig the hole. You don't want to put them standing on a hat or anything and then have them naturally say, look, there's an invisible ball over there. Go and kick the ball. So you're marking where they start and where they finish. So you re- reverse engineer your run up. So you actually find out what they're comfortable with first. Yeah. Get them to do it three or four times to make sure it's consistent. Yeah. And then you've got the run up and then you reverse engineer what steps you need to take to have that run up. Most people just do the steps first and it's not a natural run-up. Yeah. I reckon that you know would happen a lot in junior yeah. cricket where you just go, I'm going to take 20 steps yes. and yeah. then run in yeah. without any For bowling, for example. It. Yeah, that's what I mean. So yeah. you could same would apply. Yeah, yeah. Just just go and bowl at an invisible pitch yeah. and we'll work out reverse engineer what you run-up should be. I always got told four back, two left. Yeah. I well, don't know why. Well, that's not square for starters, is it? No, if you wanted to be no square, you'd be four and four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. Well, they, well, I actually think the better way, and this is what Graham and I come up with. In fact, Graham tipped me this. So I would go back four and four, whatever it is. And he said, well, look, you're actually doing eight steps, right? And, and it's not an exact science. So if you're doing four back, four across, you're doing eight different steps. He said, why don't you just get yourself where you believe the 45 to be and take the three or four steps. And again, it's not going to be an exact science, but the fewer steps you take, the fewer room for error. So on that Makes hypotenuse sense. again, yeah, we go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Well, well, given Graham was <laughs> coaching when they did those penalty shots. Yeah. Like, do they practice that? Is there a same science applied to taking a penalty? Like yeah. In, in, yeah. yeah, it'd have to be. Soccer, yeah. Yeah. Po- probably, possibly. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but there you go. There's something different to talk about. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Afternoon, boys. Scrum clock has probably expired here. The Walker brothers would be a great fit for the Warriors. When they were appointed as Ipswich coaches, they made all the players get jobs and created a great environment. Players love them, and their play style was a bonus, says Will from Wynnum. I, I only think it's expired because... The fact they're not coaching at the moment, it's very, very hard to sell them into it that you're fair nicking about what you want to do. And I, I've got no doubt I would have loved to have seen them trial, but the fact they're not even coaching at the moment, I, I, I can't be endorsing that at this point. But anyway, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the way to have your say. This is crunch time. James the Missile Magnuson, they go in for try number four under the post. So it's about to be 18 points to nil after 18 minutes. The Kiwi Ferns leading Tonga in the Women's Rugby League. Uh, plenty more still to come. We've got all the calls of the international games coming up here on SEN. James the Missile Magnus and Adrian Brzezinko, the seal. I'm Joel Kane, and you, the listener, plenty more still to come.
Adrian Pazenko, the missile, James Magnuson, I'm Joel Kane. Crunch time brought to you by 7-Eleven. You're never far away from 7-Eleven's classic slow-cooked Australian beef pie or traditional veggie pasty. G'day, fellas. Seabold had the players at South, didn't at the Broncos. Coaches get sacked because of the players. Players get another contract. It's wrong, says Mort. Uh, you're right, Mort. Um, but it is what it is. It is a brutal, brutal industry. There is no question about that. Uh, Sugar, have you calculated wind speed and wind direction into your goal-kicking calculations? The axis of the earth at the same time of the said should be calculated as well, says Steve from Dubbo. <laughs> it's yeah, getting technical point. now. Yes, that's, that's a very <laughs> good point. Give us half an hour. Yeah, give us half an hour on that one. Thank you very much, Steve. one 1170 New Zealand taking on Tonga around the grounds. 22 gone in the women's match. The Kiwis leading 18 points to nil over Tonga. Uh, the men's game will kick off at 3.20 is the time. Tommy Bartlett and Tony Kemp will have the call for SEN. Parramatta duo Dylan Brown, Murata Nakore will make their Kiwi debuts after being named at 5'8 and centre, respectively. Ronaldo Militalo, a bit of a circus last year around State of Origin. He's set for an international debut, so we're looking forward to him uh, having his first taste of uh, serious representative football. Uh, Brown will partner Jerome Hughes in the halves with the Roosters centre Joey Manu to feature at fullback Hiku and Rapana. Uh, the other backs, uh, Tonga. They've been overlooked by New South Wales for Origin 2, or having been overlooked, Katoni Staggs. He'll wear number six for Tonga alongside young gun Talatau Mone in the halves. Manly winger Christian Tuapalotu. He'll make his test of on the wing. So he takes over from Daniel Tupu, of course, have got the Blues duties. And the back line features Parramatta's Will Penasini. Manly flyer Tolakula and uh, the destructive dragon centre Moses Suli. Boys, how do you see this game going? I, I think it'll be New Zealand, but I, I think... We'll see a very different Tongan team come the World Cup. And the Tongan government has actually put in a million dollars towards their World Cup campaign to make sure that they're fully resourced, um, that they won't be out of pocket. And I think it's terrific because when you go back and look at the rise of Tonga, guys like Jason Taumalola and Andrew Fafita basically did it um, knowing that they could have um, got a lot of money, which they sacrificed by turning their back on origin in order to represent their culture and heritage. And now they're going to be paid almost in line with what the kangaroos are going to be paid in the in the test. So the decision will be where they want to play. It won't be a financial decision. And, and to be fair, for the Tongan players, it never has been. But I'm really excited about that. And, Joe, one of the guys that you probably would have wanted to see in the New South Wales team is Ola Kawatu. And yeah. we get to see him on the international stage today. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, so I'm... I'm pretty confident it's a big win for the Kiwis. No disrespect to Tonga, but I just think this is one of the great Kiwi teams. Missile, how do you see it going? Yeah, same as you. Who have got uh, Tonga got to bring in to that squad, Adrian, that isn't there now? I guess Tupu. Yeah, it depends on which Panthers too will um, want to commit. So, yeah, potentially Lulawai, uh, Tao, uh, oh, sorry, they're the Samoan guys. Yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to think of the Tongan guys. Um, who have they got? I think it's... Pretty much, I mean, yeah, Tupu, but but they look close to full-ish strength. They probably, I, I think their team uh, for the last World Cup was better. Spawn's the issue. There's no doubt about that. Mm. Uh, yeah. This one here from Nico. Uh, Joel Kane giving expert tips on goal kicking. Please, since when were you a good goal kicker, Nico? Ooh. Nico, that's play on. I, I, I accept that, and I wasn't a good <laughs> goal kicker. I was a very average goal kicker, what Nico. What was your percentage? But the best golfing coaches, and I'm not suggesting I'm the best goal kicking coach, but I have studied it, yeah. they weren't necessarily the best players nor were the you don't need to be the best in any field to have a view on 
I have studied goal kicking, I believe, more than most. But, Nico, I was an average goal kicker, and I'm pleased to admit that. There's no question about that. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is a way to have your say, which, uh, Nico, you're entitled to your opinion. So do you say. Um, here comes uh, Samoa versus the Cook Islands. That's 5.30 tonight. Jimmy Smith and Timmy Manor with the call. Coach Matt Parrish's squad. You've got the likes of the Panthers quartet, Charlie Staines at fullback. Taylor May on the wing, Isaac Tago in the centre, Spencer Lanou on the bench. You've got the Seagulls pairing of Josh Schuster. Nice photo popped up during the week of Josh Schuster yeah, in a Samoan that. jumper during the week. And Marty Tapao. You've also got Frankie Molo, who I thought was terribly unlucky not to make the Queensland side. And Jaden Sewer, of course, a former uh, Queensland player as well in the pack. For the Cook Islands, a little bit skinny. Tony Iro is the coach. Uh, you've got the three sets of brothers, Isan and Stephen Masters. You've got Ruben and Vincent Rennie and Kale. And Andre Iro. Now, I believe, yeah, they're the sons of uh, Cook Island's great and Kiwi great Kevin Iro. So there you go. Samoa versus Cook Islands. They look up against the Cook Islands here, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it was it was good. I caught up with uh, Josh Schuster during the week and he talked about how much it means to his family yeah. to actually represent Samoa. And he's got a grandfather who's basically looked after him from birth and he calls him dad. That's yeah. how close they are. And he, of course, comes from a very famous footballing family where a lot of his uncles have either played for the All Blacks and or for Samoa, either in Rugby League or Rugby Union. So expecting a big uh, performance from him. And um, this is the team that I think is the real smoky for the World yeah, Cup. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Like I like this, this one's going to be a hammering. Mm. I just wonder why we went Samoa Cook Islands and not Samoa Fiji think that might have been a more competitive game. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. We'll, we'll get to that after this. Papua New Guinea take you on Fiji. Uh, one text before we hit the break. Uh, g'day, Sugar and Missile and Adrian. Just a quick shout-out to Kylie Hilda for a great game plan for the Blues last night. Cracker game. My girls loved every minute of it. Having a great Arvo, lads. The Tathra Eagle. Eagle. Tathra Eagle. We do appreciate that. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. This is Crunch Time. All thanks to Seven Eleven. Plenty more still to come. Follow Crunch Time on Dabble. Go on, have a dabble. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Well, what a week for the Crunch Time team. I'll tell you what, five one-leg losses. They're up over 800 followers. So all 800 followers collecting their breath. That's a talk about unlucky. Yeah, I know. I know. But, you know, you have those days, Josh. You have those days. We've all had them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I reckon. I mean, five in a row, though. That's. Uh, I'll tell you what, you, you, they're close to the money. That's for sure. They're doing very well. How have you been going, Seth? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. It's an interesting one this weekend. Mm. Uh, I've really looked closely into the markets across all the international games. I mean, and we know Orange yeah. is a big one on Sunday night, which basically everything culminates into Sunday night in Perth. But it's been really interesting looking at a lot of the markets across across a lot of these games, international games, probably most notably the New Zealand versus Tonga game, which, you know, funnily enough, Tonga, who are fielding a really impressive side, as are the Kiwis, are still real heavy outside favourites. And we've got to go back to 2019, Josh, when Australia fielded a, a pretty special side in at Eden Park mm. in Auckland, and they went up they went up against the, the Tongans, and the Tongans beat them 16-12 that night with a, with a team which, which I might say on paper, wasn't one that had a lot of experience. So I think the Tongan side are, are really primed to, to cause an upset against the Kiwi. Wow, you have done your research, haven't you? That's incredible. That's why 
that's the sort of stuff you don't get anywhere else. Um, well, we'll talk about Origin because I know you're focused on the, uh, the international games this week. What do you reckon about this? Chris Walker's gone uh, with the Queensland to score the first two tries and that's paying $4.25 this week. Yeah, I, I, I like it because I like how Queensland in the first game, they were able to mm. withstand a lot of pressure. Although Jack White scored the first try, I thought that Queensland were able to withstand a lot of pressure. Would have worked from that situation. Mm. Now Jack White's not playing, he's out with COVID. Um, now this New South Wales side, are, they're a little bit rattled, I think. And um, Queensland are primed, I think, to, to really stamp their authority early and, and really control the... Yeah, control the, the pace of this game. So, yeah, you know, with with genuine try scorers like Valentine Holmes, Selwyn Cobbo, and mm. you know, uh, it's not a bad bet. Well, yeah, this is what the crunch time NRL team's done, and of course we've heard that they've missed five by one leg. They've gone Toto to score any time, Cobbo any time, and uh, under thirty nine and a half points. What do you think? Yeah, the under thirty nine one's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be thereabouts. You know, it might be a 24-20, mm. 24-18 win. So, it's, I think there's going to be a lot of points scored. It's a fast track. 2019, New South Wales beat Queensland by 30 in Game 2. So, I think there might be a yeah. point scored in this game. Um, I, I don't mind that one. I don't mind. I, you know, I like the anytime try scores. It's, it's, a, it's a lot safer, I think, especially in Origin because it's so unpredictable. And with my bet in Origin, I'm looking at... Um, Either, t- either side for any time try score. I'm, I'm saying Cameron Bucks for any time try score. I think he will terrorise New South Wales. Uh, I think for New South Wales, Matt Burton will be an any time try score on that left hand side with his Penrith combination. And I think a Queensland win in, in the end. So that's what I'm uh, that's what I'm banking on this weekend. Of course, you can just download the app and copy those bets with one click. So go on, have a dabble, dabble socially, and gamble responsibly. Until next time, Jack. See you, Joshy. Enjoying Crunch Time Banter? Check out Dabble Banter channels and copy Crunch Time Bets. Go on, have a dabble. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Yeah, it is Crunch Time brought to you by 7-Eleven. You're never far away from 7-Eleven's classic slow-cooked Australian beef pie or traditional veggie pasty. Coming up next, we're just about done, boys. It's been a rapid show. Uh, we have New Zealand versus Tonga. This is going to be an absolute beauty from a sold-out Mount Smart Stadium. Tommy Bartlett, Tony Kemp are your call team. Later this afternoon, Jimmy Smith and Timmy Manor have the Samoa versus Cook Islands game and then Fiji versus Papua New Guinea at Drury Forbes and Gary Freeman. Just be careful with this one because many people think that Fiji are absolute certainties. Papua New Guinea have won the last two, two of the last three, rather, against Fiji, and they do have the better spine. I'm tipping Fiji, but... Just be a little bit cautious uh, if you're playing any kind of investments. And uh, don't forget as well that Crunch Time is on tomorrow. All Sundays, by the way. Sundays uh, all year in 2022. Julian King, oh, you got the day off tomorrow? Got the day off. Yeah, I doubled up yesterday, so I got the day off for Sunday. I'm in lieu. That's why yeah. you went a bit hard last night. You thought <laughs> I could get through yeah, two yeah, hours. Yeah, I've got one question for you boys, a parting question. If you have to take the hit up off the kickoff yeah. in one game, New Zealand versus Tonga or State of Origin? Which one are you choosing? State of Origin. State of Origin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, Will Hopawati and Conrad Hurrell would also come in at the World Cup. Good point. Very, very good point. He's talking about Tonga.
Also Sisyphus Talakai. Eligible. Sisyphus Talakai. That's yes, Daniel one. Tupu, another one, as you mentioned earlier. But there you go. CLO, thank you very much. Adrian on fire, as thank per you. usual. Likewise, the missile. Would you get a little nana nap in this afternoon? Yeah, I'm off for a nap. <laughs> yeah, 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 good boy. Uh, otherwise, Fading. enjoy your Saturday. SEN have got all the international games covered. We'll see you next time. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.